Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. So uh, the big hearings this afternoon by the uh, Pennsylvania American Water Company Scranton Cultural Center this afternoon and this evening, if you want to let them know how badly you're getting screwed, because you are. And uh, I just want to say great good morning to everyone. 11.05 here in the great Northeast, this beautiful Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. This is the Bob Cadaro Show. I am he, indubitably. It is a big day to fight for America, defend our values, and honor the brave who have made us and kept us free. People like the veterans we lost last year, Jim Davis of Tunkhannock, John Motts of Jessup, John Vitale of Pittston, and John Gluch, late of Camp Hill, but originally from Scranton and Troop. We honor them today. So with history, our great founding fathers, and the incomparable Constitution of the United States of America as our guides, let us continue today's battle. And uh, in furtherance of that effort, we uh, reconvene this meeting of the Club for Common Sense, promising you for the balance of the hour a sanctuary of sanity in an insane world where left-wing lunatic leadership, and I'm watching the bozo-in-chief Joe Biden, I, the stupidity cannot, it just, it, you can't even exaggerate it. I think I'm living in uh, Babylon B. No, you got to be kidding, right? Well, something we've been trying to learn about, and something that we have been trying to analyze is Bitcoin and and, uh, all of this cryptocurrency. Now, uh, Christopher Alexander is the chief analytics officer of Pioneer Development Group. You've heard him on the uh, Bob Cadaro show in the past because, as I said to you in the last hour, it's like he's our professor on Gilligan's Island, for those of you old enough to remember the program. They could just ask him anything, and he was completely informed and would would answer their questions and invent all kinds of things so they could survive on the island. Well, Christopher Alexander's our guy, and he is with us once again. Uh, Christopher, welcome back. Thanks. It's a tough billing to live up to, but I'll try. <laughs> Do you remember the professor on Gilligan's Island? 
I, I do. I do. Uh, um, and I actually worked on something involving coconuts once uh, in an <laughs> effort in uh, the Philippines. But I believe be you story. did. <laughs> and, you know, uh, Christopher Alexander, the, uh, the professor on Gilligan's Island was originally from this area, a town called Ashley, and he was a World War II hero. And, oh wow! Yeah, so we paid. I paid tribute to him not just because of the show, but because of who he was. All right, so a Bitcoin ETF, and and now are people using <clears throat> this word Bitcoin sloppily? That's just one of the many cryptocurrencies that are for sale or available, right? But you're at, you are right. Um, it is by far the most prevalent. So it's kind of like calling a, a soda a Coke. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's it's very very similar by way of analogy. All right. So I remember, and we we announced and you know talked about this sort of um, false step that the uh, SEC jumped all over, where they had a pre-announcement of a Bitcoin ETF. And uh, then they, they quickly said no. And then the following week, they said, oh, yeah, there's going to be one. Yeah, uh, uh, really embarrassing. It turns out, in fact, that the social media manager at the SEC did not have uh, two-factor authentication on their phone. And the phone was taken over in an attack called a, a SIM swap, and someone posted that. So, you know, you have a couple accounts that can start a war a couple accounts that can crash a market and the SEC failed to use two-factor authentication, which I promise you at least once a year, they get a whole briefing about how they're supposed to operate safely and they, they ignored it. We're talking to uh, Christopher Alexander. He's the chief analytics officer of Pioneer Development Group. And and our he's our high-tech, one of our high-tech go-to guys. Tell us about what this ETF means. I guess it means people can get own part of and and actually a number of coins at once through the ETF, uh, but explain what the ETF consists. And by the way, ETF is exchange traded fund. Explain what this ETF is. What what's in it? What's the basket in there? Sure. Well, I, I think the easiest way for for people to understand it is um, if you want to buy Bitcoin but you are concerned about everything you have to learn to do it because there's a lot of crypto literacy involved, you can pay a fund to buy Bitcoin for you with your U.S. dollars and manage it for you. That's essentially the core of what it is. Technically, uh, they have a trading desk and, and they may or, or, or may gain or lose money against how they trade Bitcoin and that can affect the ETF and your money in it. But, but really the best way to think of it is if you don't want to uh, learn how to do it, you can pay BlackRock to do it for you. Um, I would recommend against that. I'd recommend that you learn it, keep that money in fees for yourself and, and learn about crypto. But it, th there is an opportunity there. But there's a second more important aspect to this, and that is the U.S. government has put something of a stamp of approval on Bitcoin for the first time. Yeah. Um, and, and so um, and quite a bit of money's moved in, uh, billions. In fact, in terms of assets under management for an ETF, the only ETF that has more um, assets under management now is gold. It, the, the fund just passed silver, and it's only been up for two, three weeks. So wow. um, a, a huge stamp of approval from the U.S. Now, government. Is this, and that uh, part of uh, to your knowledge, is this new money, or is this people that had coins formerly 
and and now we're saying, okay, here's sort of a safer way and easier way to hold them. Um, this is uh, mostly new money. There is okay. one fund that had like a, I think a billion in holdings that wound it down because they got an ETF approved, and so they've you know moved, they, they've sold it, and now they've you know they've moved it. So so, but it's billions of dollars in new in new money. Hmm. All right. <sighs> How big the old the old joke? How big can this get? Well, um, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, the the kind of rule of thumb that we're seeing in the press from financial advisors is because of its volatility, hold no more than five percent uh, of your of your portfolio in cryptocurrencies. Um, if if you look at uh, the funds under management in the United States uh, across the board, with the exception of Vanguard, who didn't go into the ETF, said they wouldn't do it, and now they're getting pillaged by their customers who are furious and actually just leaving. Um, you know, 5% of all the assets under management, that's trillions of dollars. So um, obviously everyone in America is not going to do it. Some people are going to do more than, than 5% of their portfolio. So there is an unbelievably large market um, but, you know, we need to see what happens. The excitement's there now. People are starting to put money in. What's going to happen in six months, ten months? Will new people keep coming to it? We'll have to wait and see. But if there's a bull run, uh, like a lot of market analysts predict, uh, there's a strong correlation between good news about Bitcoin and people entering it for the first time. And it's a very safe way to do it uh, with one of these ETFs. Christopher Alexander, tell me, is there elasticity in these ETFs? Meaning, do, do they grow as more money comes in, or does it? Is there a scarcity of the of the uh, the Bitcoin, which means it's it's a set group of assets, and the only question is how much are those set group of assets uh, valued at? Well, so there's a couple factors, and and you you, you kind of nailed it. The, the the first consideration is there will only ever be 25 million Bitcoin that will be mined. And the last one gets mined, I think, like in 100 years or could be even longer. So so there's built-in scarcity by design. And in fact— But currently there's, a, there's elasticity in it because people are still mining it. That's correct. Right. And in fact, there's a, a, a it's written into the, the code, if you will, of, of Bitcoin. Come April, the amount that you get for mining it is going to half. It's called a halving. It happens every four years. Wow. So it used to be at one point, I think you could get like 50 or 52 Bitcoin for a block, and now it's down to six something, and in April it's going to be down to about three. So um, the amount of Bitcoin that can be mined gets reduced, and then you also have people holding it um, who are waiting for the value to rise. So there's a somewhat finite, finite amount of it, but it's, it's not really like any one entity could, could secure all of it in like a commodity run, like when I used to try to corner the silver market. That would be pretty difficult. Now, in the end, with the ETFs, which is only puts you a step removed from owning Bitcoin, there is no underlying value except that which the marketplace ascribes to the ETF or the Bitcoin, right? Absolutely. It is, uh, it is a faith-based uh, uh, currency, if you will. Um, I mean, and they all are to some degree, but... 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. And so um, you know, the argument uh, against it people make is, well, the U.S. dollar is backed up by the economic, military, and diplomatic might of the United States government. Um, and that doesn't exist behind Bitcoin. But at the same time, what you have is the, the you know, they call them the maxis, the maximalists, the Bitcoin maximalists, the, the true believers who have stood by this thing for 13 years and uh, continued to uh, kind of spread this, this belief in it. So it's at a strange crossroads, right? It was the kind of this counterculture, anti-Wall Street, anti-banking movement that's now, you know, partially owned by BlackRock, Fidelity, and, and, and a few others. Yeah. So, um, All with J- people we love so much. <laughs> yeah, JP J- J- Morgan, you know, Jamie Dimon's out saying Bitcoin's a sc- or crypto's a scam, and you know they're in, they're they're heavily in two of the funds. Yeah, um, they have an exchange uh, for a while, or maybe they still do. Uh, they're, they're, they're still they're, they're definitely still working on it, and, and they had some interest in Ethereum. It's you know, um, you know, Jamie, Jamie Dimon's a very smart guy, so you know, there's a strategy in, in, in what he's doing, and I suppose we'll see it play out in the next year or two with regards to crypto. Has there been any impact from this past summer's uh, BRAC uh, where they where they invented their own cryptocurrency that was? Well, it was intended to be backed by gold. I just don't know if it is. You know, um, that's sort of stalled. But literally just in the past day or two, the first transfer of money, I believe, between the UAE and China occurred on this sort of alternate system that they've created. And it would pave the way for a digitally backed currency. So um, uh, they are definitely, you know, laying the pipes. And uh, and testing how how the system works, so uh, they very well could create this this currency that's um, you know an alternative to the petrodollar yeah. uh, that, that's used in the region. Uh, they took a step towards it. In fact, Congress took a note and and is uh, debating what to do about CBDCs even as uh, as we speak. So, I, I mean, there were so many predictions, and I don't know if you follow gold and silver. And their price, you know, their, the pricing of same. Uh, there were so many predictions by gold mavens, of course, that gold is going to shoot up. You better buy your gold in August because this meeting's taking place, and this uh, cryptocurrency is going to take off. That hasn't really happened, has it? No, uh, it, they, they really haven't created the, the, the currency yet. Uh, so yeah, it's just 
I'm not, I'm not quite sure what, what, what the assumption there was. I guess the assumption was that they were going to unveil the currency in August. And destroy when, the dollar, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I think they, um, they're, they're still sort of admiring the problem and may or may not solve it. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, they certainly didn't unveil something that flew under the radar and now is being used. Um, but but, but they, did, they, they, they did lay the infrastructure, and they did have a successful test, but not of the CBDC. Just of the way to move the money. Okay, so, so I mean, really, it's just credit. <laughs> I mean, by another yeah. name at this point. I, it's well, I think it's really. I, I think the best way to think of it is an alternative to SWIFT, and that's yeah. why the United States is unhappy about it because now they can't block it, or uh, it's not as easy to sanction. Yeah. What, what what do you see? I mean, it would be crazy to look. Well, we're, let's, let's do two things. It wouldn't be crazy. Let's do two things. Tell me what you see three months from now for this ETF and its impact on global finance, or at least American investment. And then what do you see 10 years from now? Well, in April, you have this, this, this halving event. Yep. which is going to create this market pressure. So if so, there's a very good chance that you're going to have a bull run around the halving. Now, there's a debate about whether that's a coincidence. It's happened every time there's been a halving or whether the halving is part of it. But it does uh, create a, a, a pressure on the currency in terms of scarcity. So um, it's going to get in the news. I think the excitement from the initial approval that we had will start to wane. So if a bunch of more, more, more money comes in around the halving, I think you're going to see um, – Bitcoin do very, very well in the next year, which means other cryptocurrencies typically follow it, and you'll have a bull run across the crypto market. In 10 years, you have, uh, you have two, 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 two schools of thought. One says it could be worth a half a million to a million dollars per Bitcoin. Hmm. The other says Bitcoin will collapse. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think you're, you're probably somewhere in the middle. Sam Bankman-Fried. <laughs> yeah, well, um, a- actually, they were liquidating ETF um, assets and they put so much Bitcoin and other crypto on the market to pay creditors that it depressed the price of, uh, of Bitcoin or it seems yeah. to have been a factor in the past week. So he had a lot of it. But um, I, I think um, in, in 10 years, the, 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 the super proponents are going to say it's, it's going to seriously compete with the dollar. And I, I, I don't think that's realistic. So I, if I have to say, I think, uh, you know, the price continues to increase um, and Bitcoin is adopted, and I don't know what the United States government is going to do about other cryptocurrencies. They've given Bitcoin a special status. Uh, they don't like a lot of the other cryptocurrencies at the SEC, and now uh, the big players have a reason to kill all the other crypto projects, so people only buy Bitcoin. So I think there's going to be a very interesting battle on the regulatory front over the next five years that probably seals the fate of, of you know non-Bitcoin crypto. And that, that was my next question to Christopher Alexander. He's the chief analytics officer of Pioneer Development Group. Uh, how do things bode for other cryptocurrencies? And let's ask the threshold question. How many are there approximately? Oh, there's, there's thousands and thousands. But let, let's say there's 20 to 50 significant um, um, currencies. And what you're going to see in the next year is currencies that are blockchains, right? That crypto is the byproduct of blockchain. Uh, the, the coins that have no t- intrinsic value, for example, they don't have apps that sit on the blockchain. They don't offer services to move money, um, ones that are just as they call meme coins. Um, so it's just you're buying it because you like the idea behind it. it they have to really go do anything. away, right? They're, they're, they're going to go away. 
Um, some will pop up from time to time, but the SEC, I, quite rightly, is looking at these and regulating them. They stopped things like initial coin offerings, which is like an IPO, but you just bought coins, which were susceptible to all sorts of, 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 of schemes. And so they're, they're cleaning it up. And, uh, you know, we've been a little frustrated in industry. Sometimes they've had a heavy hand. But, um, but I think, I think the, the blockchains with underlying value um, are going to do well. But now I think they're facing a headwind. You know, there's a, you know, Heinz Ketchup was created. The FDA was created because Heinz Ketchup had better water than everybody else. Yeah. Right. So they lobbied to create the FDA because everybody else's water was bad to give them a, a lead in the condiment race. What is the early 1900s? Well, Bitcoin could be the same way. You know, we've got the safe commodity, not a, not a security, and the U.S. government likes it. Uh, everything else is bad. Is you know, it, that's certainly in BlackRock's interest to say that. Is it still being used as a method of financing companies? I say to you, look, I'll give you an electronic coin. I mean, it's really nothing more than bartering for your investment. I'll give you my X amount of dollars for my services or my product if you help finance my company now. And that was uh, a cryptocurrency. Is that kind of financing still going on now? Um, it, it, it still it still happens, certainly among the Bitcoin maximalists, because they trust and believe in the currency. But, you know, it's very difficult to work with because the price fluctuates. So, you know, we close a deal and five minutes later, it's dropped $3,000 per coin and I'm supposed to send you 50. Um, and the, the other issue is that uh, the United States government has uh, uh, over overreached in terms of enforcement, but they've really terrified the banks about touching anything but Bitcoin. Very, very difficult to get um, even accounts set up if you're a company that deals in Bitcoin. So the, using Bitcoin for financing introduces so, so many headaches. Only people that pretty much exclusively deal in Bitcoin are going to do anything like yeah. that, and that's probably going to stay that way for a while. Well, Christopher Alexander, thank you so much as always. We appreciate you being with us. Tell uh, Michael you're welcome on any time because we're only scratching the surface of this subject and uh, I've, I've got 50 more questions just off the top of my head. Uh, we'll have to. Yeah, no, so sounds awesome. And uh, big, big things happening as we head towards April and this having for Bitcoin. Maybe we could talk about that uh, as we, we approach it uh, and, and absolutely all of its implications. Uh, Christopher Alexander, chief analytics officer of pioneer development group. We thank you as always for being with us. We'll take this break and we'll be back. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.